Hello, WeanCast listeners. We're going to take you to the episode in just a second. But first, we wanted to take a minute to tell you about our awesome Patreon page. If you dig our podcast, then you should check us out at patreon.com. There, you'll find tons of exclusive material not found on our regular podcast. Yes, exclusive episodes, bonus tracks, and other especially brown shit. We've got rare tracks straight from legendary taper Fred Moore's own private vault, including a truly bodacious Sorry Charlie, as well as part two of our epic interview with Claude Coleman, drummer of Ween, of course, where he shares such shit as how he came to join the band. Hint, couch surfing at the pod was involved. And a conversation about, and among other things, the pandemic with Tomato 11, band leader of Sound of Urchin and Ween Friend. We're just scratching the surface here. We've also got a vinyl series where we discuss highlights of Shane's swank vinyl ween collection, exclusive episodes covering ween side gigs like the gigantically brown Jimmy Wilson group, as well as articles and pics from our heart to yours. All told, we've got 10 plus hours and growing of materials just for our patrons. We dig doing this podcast and we're glad you're listening, but it just isn't big enough for all the crap we're dishing out. So we needed somewhere else to put all this extra stuff we've got. So check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. See ya! And now, back to the episode. Weencast. A ween podcast with Shane and Rory. Hey, what's up? This is Shane. This is Rory. And this is Weencast, and we are going to go back in time tonight, and we are going to talk about a Ween show from our youth. This is actually going to be the second show that I attended. Rory, you didn't make it to this one. Is that true? No, and unfortunately, I was not at this show. Um, It's one of the shows that got away, and so I um, (laughs) certainly regret not, not being there. This but, is the, um, um, yeah, this is the, the second show that I had attended. It's um, it's January 30th, 1998 at the Trocadero in Philadelphia, which was a fucking badass show. There's a couple of um, there's a couple of things I'd like to talk about just before um, just before we get into talking about the show itself and, and you know, the, the set list and everything. This show is sort of the first one that either of us attended that is readily available, um, meaning that you can listen to this show, the complete show, right now. Um, the first show that that we had seen was the 96 show at the Trocadero, um, which was them doing the country tour. And we had talked about it in the first episode of the of the show, uh, the Weencast uh, podcast. That, that show is kind of lost in the ween lore there's no lost in the midst of of time right there's no set list of it on on brown base you know we have a recording of it that we don't know is the complete show and the the sound quality is pretty terrible we don't know that it's the the complete thing or you know if it's in the right order but this show 13098 you can listen to the whole thing right now um you can listen to this on YouTube in a couple of different ways. You can listen to the, the, the complete thing in one uh, long video, or you can listen to it in individual tracks broken up into a playlist. 
and we just want to thank the users. I'm on my iPad here as I'm as I'm talking. So the complete show is uploaded by a user named Bugnish Bockwinkle. It's two hours and twenty minutes, one long like I said, one long video, the complete show, which is awesome. And then there's a couple of different playlists of this that you can listen to the whole thing, both of which are uploaded by uh, Bugnish Monster. Bugnish Monster is an awesome YouTuber who is, is doing God's work. This dude uploads a ton of shows, a ton of B-sides, and um, just tons and tons of, of, of ween material, just hours and hours of fucking ween material. So we want to thank both of those guys, but especially him. And this is really cool because this particular show was just redone as sort of a 20th anniversary. It's on YouTube. It's uh, titled uh, Ween Rocks the Truck, which is the shit. And that's exactly what they did that night. Um, so it's like a new yeah. soundboard slash audience mix. And it sounds awesome. You know, it's interesting because I didn't even realize it hadn't occurred to me that it was the 20th anniversary or around that time until you brought that up and uh, earlier. And uh, and it just kind of blew my mind. It's just like uh, not only is that timely that that gets released um, as an avenue to listen to the show and to have it out there for everyone, but also just, man, that's it's been 20 years. I, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's insane. I mean, I, same here. I, 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 it didn't even dawn on me until I read that. Um, if you go on Brown Tracker, you can download this. Um, like I said, that's a new um, mix of the show, and uh, you can download it on Brown Tracker, or like I said, you can you can listen to it on YouTube. Ween rocks the truck. Um, so that's just really fucking cool, and it was a good recording. Like I had a good recording of it. Um, from the get-go it's the complete show sounds great um and it's a great example of the band and where they were at the time this was the the mollusk tour and the mollusk had come out the previous summer and let me see if i can get the date here this was the second to last show on the mollusk tour this was friday night like I said, one thirty ninety eight, and they did one other show after that, which was Boston, and those would be the last shows in ninety eight until that spring. So you got to think it's the end of it's the end of January ninety eight, and this was the end of the Mollusk tour, and then they were they wouldn't play again for another like two three months. So that's pretty cool, also. Um, yeah, like the end of a, you know, a big run as a, as a five member band, you know, rocking and rolling for a whole tour and kind of second to last show is back on uh, home turf as it were. Right, right, uh, right. And you can tell when you listen to this, like if you just listen to the entire show with, with, um, you know, with the, with the crowd in between the tracks and them, them talking and stuff, you can tell that like Philly is fucking ready. For, for this show. And I think Ween was ready for the show as well. Um, you Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Like they were on tour the, the whole fall and winter of 97 leading up to this. 
So they're fucking on it. They're, you know, think, shit is firing on all cylinders for them. The shit is, is together. The shit is tight, right? You got a raucous crowd. You got you, people cheering, adoration. Um, at one point, Geners yelling, you know, Friday night, you know, he's like, right. they're jacked up. It's fucking, you know, you it's fucking Friday night. It's like all things have come together on this, at this show. Like it's fucking Friday night. You know, people are in the mood to party. <laughs> this is the first time that they sell out the Trocadero, which they mentioned a couple of times during the show. They say, um, we've never sold out at home before. They say it a couple of times, like people everywhere. Oh, this is like a fucking rock show. Um, and it kind of makes sense because the mollusk had been out for a good, like six months at this point, because it came out the previous summer of 97. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they haven't played Philly. So all the people who have come to see them that night, or, you know, we assume most of them or whatever have the mollusk and have had long enough to know it, listen to it long enough and know the songs. So when you listen to this, when they're like introducing a song, like if they're in between songs and they're getting ready to play something and they announce like, Oh, this song is, you know, the golden eel. It's like, even though that's a quote unquote new song at the time, the crowd fucking goes crazy because yeah. they, they know, they, they know it all. They know all the, the new songs, which are all the fucking mollusk songs. You know, and that contrasts immediately with, you know, the last time they were at the truck, or I think it was the last time, you know, the show in 96. Um, I don't, you know, I remember that being sparsely uh, populated. I remember that, you know, so. Right, absolutely. It's sort of like the opposite of that first show that we saw, which was um, October of 96 with the country band. And that was a fucking Sunday night. So it's like yes, it was. So the odds were right. the odds were against it for that night. Whereas this <laughs> this night, it's like everything you know the the, the stars have aligned for for this. Well, night. as as Giner said, he said it's Friday night, right? Uh, he, yeah, he says that continuously, like throughout the show. <laughs> yeah, I think multiple times. Uh, but I do I do want to back up a little bit before we actually talk about the show. Um, you know, because I always like to get a little bit of the details of um, you know like how you got the tickets, um, you know, um, how you got to the show, you know, why I wasn't there, things like that. Like, why didn't, yeah. Why couldn't, uh, why couldn't you make it to this one? So, um, I was in, uh, Penn state at the time. So to be honest, I don't think I really even have a very good excuse. I feel like, you know, maybe I just wasn't quite as hardcore into ween maybe as you were and you were down in Fleetwood. So you were, you know, only an hour outside of town, um, and I was probably just being a drunk, a drunk, uh, a broke uh, college student. So uh, use that as an excuse not to get down there. I don't, but uh, sadly, I don't really have a very good excuse, well, and I think, I, I think that might be why I regret not going as much as I do. No, dude. Because I, mean, I look know, back and realize that there was no reason why I shouldn't have. No, I mean you're you're you know you're talking you're at Penn State, Maine which is a good, it's at least two and a half hours from from Philly, more than that, really. Oh, it's more than that. It's more like three and a half. Really. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't have a car at the time. You didn't have your own car at, up at No, up at that Spain is State. true. So, 
I mean, you're you're definitely off the hook for for that one. I mean, you know, that's yeah. I mean, I was in the dorms. I was a freshman that year, but uh, right. You know, you're in the probably you're in the dorms as a freshman with no car. What what are you gonna do? I mean, you know, in the in the pre cell phone <laughs> in the pre smartphone era, I was probably daunted with the task of getting transportation to uh, Philadelphia from right. State College. Right. I mean, unless there was somebody that was coming from you know Penn State directly to this show and like that was what you guys were going to do that whole night you know it just it just wouldn't have happened and and like you yeah said, maybe I should have checked the bulletin board at the dorm I don't know <laughs> but uh but at any rate so who uh who went with you and you know how'd you guys get down there and then um so, you know, take me through the uh the front door right so it, I don't think it's much of a story um in terms of like how we you know, how we, we, we got there. It was one car of people. Um, our friend Corey drove us. With a um, C or with a K? With, Corey with a C. Corey okay. With a C oh, okay. That's right. Drove okay. his, uh, his Honda. He had a little Honda. Uh, yeah. The, um, Civic. Little, Honda Civic. Uh, it was black. Uh, he called it the Midge. The Midge. If I recall. I think it was called the Midge. Um, so he drove that and it was me, him, our friends Mike, our friend Mark, and uh, Corey's girlfriend at the time, Kristen. I'm pretty. I'm 95 percent certain that's who went. That it could be. That's a. Um, that's a packed car. That's a. That's a small vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that's a call, that's a two door hatchback. For a Honda Civic, yeah, that's enough people. That's definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, rumbling down to Chinatown. But I, I, I do have to say, I, I think it was pretty uneventful. Like, I don't think we had any problems. Um, you know, like I remember when we went down for that 96 show and parking in that little parking lot, like next to the truck or, you know, a couple of buildings down and being all nervous and, you know, scared cause we're teenagers and whatnot. And, and, and for this show, like, I don't really remember there being any problems. We took that car and I don't remember if we parked in that lot, but we probably did. And, uh, you know, made it, made it there and back in, in one piece. And it was, you know, it was all good. There was an opening band that played that night. I think they were called Fisherman's Wharf. Okay. Other than that, I couldn't tell you anything about them. I, I don't know if anything ever became of them. That they were playing when we got there. Like they were already, you know, they were already on when we like walked in. Um, yeah, unfortunately, you never know what you're gonna get with the opening band. Right. Not uh, not as good as Do Rag then. Right. I mean, you you can't expect to have Do Rag open for Ween every time. You know, it would be fucking amazing, but no, this was just some band of, you know, like alternative rockers or whatever, you know, it's like, okay. And, you know, a ween crowd is going to be, is going to be tough on an opening band. And these guys got, you know, no love whatsoever. So I don't know whatever happened to them, but. um, And when, so, um, all right. So now we're on the floor. Uh, do you remember where you were standing? How was the crowd? That's an excellent question because that's one of the other things that I I wanted to mention Philadelphia is always a good crowd and is ready to get rowdy. I specifically remember like in any of like the upbeat numbers or like any of like the punk rock songs, the crowd was totally like into it. And the crowd, you know, like a mosh pit will just break out in Philadelphia. Yeah. No problem. Every fucking time. I mean, well, I, and there's definitely a few little like mini jams, you know, little medleys kind of thrown into the show. So that's something we'll get to when we start talking about the actual songs. Right, right. And like I said, the you know, this was this was the first time they sold out the Trocadero. Wow. Anyone who's listened to this who's never been, that's a pretty 
small place, probably about a thousand people when it's all said and done, maybe a little bit less than that 800, something around there. Would you say that sounds right? I, I don't, I wonder if that's even a high estimate, to be honest. It's been a little while since I've been to the truck, admittedly. I'd say, yeah, I'd say like, I wonder if it's even way less than that. I, I, I always I, had the impression a few hundred people could fit in there. I kind of remember, I kind of remember seeing signs. Maybe not with upstairs, too. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of remember seeing signs when, when, when we were there that said like maximum occupancy, like 850. I don't know, enough. you know, I don't, I, I, I've been there, you know, maybe six, seven times, um, you know, my whole life. And for whatever reason, 800 something sticks out in my, in my mind. Well, you that's... might know better than I, but, so I'll go with that. Number. But yeah, let's just say between, you know, 500 and, and, and 800 people in that place. That's a pretty, that's a pretty nice crowd. And, uh, I think we were to the left side of the, of the stage which is where I always sort of gravitated towards for whatever reason. There's... Yeah, like facing the stage, like to the left. Yeah, th- right, right, right. Like, um, Yeah, as uh, a fan's direction. Right, exactly. Um, gotcha. If you were on stage, it would be stage right. Yeah, so that's kind of where we were for the first show too, I believe. Right, right, right. And I think for the first show, we sort of got down onto the floor and, you know, as far up as we could. And I think we did that a couple of times during this, uh, during this show as well. But we sort of like... Uh, yeah you know, we sort of camped out to that left side. A little um, hung back a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, th- so that's a good spot. At least it was back then um, at the truck. Should we read the set list? Yeah. Um, let me read this, read down the list, and then we can kind of go back through. And uh, you're the one that was there, so I'm really excited to get your input Yeah, man. on, uh, on what was going on. Uh, so they opened with Dancing in the Show Tonight. Take Me Away, Don't Get Too Close to My Fantasy, What Diener Was Talking About, The Golden Eel, Waving My Dick in the Wind, Sketches of Winkle, Dr. Rock, uh, Pony, Buckingham Green, AIDS, Voodoo Lady, Frank, The Mollusk, Spinal Meningitis, Pumpin' for the Man, Nan, Puerto Rican Power, I Can't Put My Finger on It, A Tear for Eddie, Ocean Man, Tick, You Fucked Up, Mr. Richard Smoker, Blarney Stone, Baby Bitch, Tender Situation, Buenas Tardes Amigo, and Hot for Teacher. Fucking right. That's a badass set list, man. Yeah, my initial impression is like that's a badass set list. Um, and uh, one of the first things I also noticed is that um, it is almost exclusively chocolate and cheese and the mollusk. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, that would make sense because it's the mollusk tour. Yeah, well, certainly it's the mollusk tour. I think part of that also connects to, um, you know, we're talking a little bit about the time when the the the, the uh, that time period in the, the uh, career of Ween, uh, then just coming into having you know the five piece band going on tour for the Mollusk first time, um, you know I think it really informs you look at a set list like that and you think like, you know, that makes a lot of sense I think to do go with the Mollusk and chocolate and cheese, um, and you don't see a lot of uh, the only one Golden Country Great song as if I re- if I'm looking at it right. Um, and just a smattering of the other items. Um, 
but uh right but right. so a badass set list but it's interesting kind of how it how it plays out like well, the song selection and it, and it's kind of like a contrast for us because um you know the last show before this that we had been to like we said was the 96 show and it was the country uh the country uh, band the country players were with them and yeah this is the first time that you really got a sense of this is the band that it would become and it would remain until, you know, today, 20 years, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like there's a a few songs when we, as we go down the set list that um, there's some jams and some different things that when I'm hearing it on this, I'm just thinking things like, wow, this is like one of the first times I would have done that. Um, There's some jams that I felt like were a little, different than the way I'm used to hearing them more recently. And I'm just thinking like, wow, the songs have evolved over time. Um, it's like a different stage or a different era of Ween. Um, and so the music reflects that, um, you know, the formation of the five member band, but this is also, um, this is pre white pepper, like Cucaracha, you know, like all that is like way into the future. Like this still strikes me as just kind of like, you know, a little more old school. Oh yeah, totally, man. Totally. Um, and yeah, it's like, you know, this is a show that's heavy in the mollusk and chocolate and cheese because that was the stuff that was like fresh at the time. Um, but I, I really think what stands out when you go back and you listen to this show is some of the older songs that they now have, fleshed out with the whole band sketches of winkle dr rock um, don't get too close to my fantasy right frank um dr rock is fantastic and on the in this show i thought i thought it was just they were just ripping and it was just like you know had an, an awesome like uh like spacey jam component and stuff i think it was really tight just like all of those, yeah, all of those old school songs from like Godwin Satan and uh, uh, the Pod and Pure Guava that are now like being played live as a five piece band, and you know, like we were saying, at this point in their career, they had just been on tour for the whole year of almost the whole year of ninety seven, and like even those songs as like quote unquote you know simple as they might sound like on the albums you know like they're they're fully fleshed out fucking rocking you know tunes you know by the time and, this show comes around and i think a lot of one of the things that i get from this show is there's like a freshness to a lot of the music um that i think comes that just comes out to the the you know because if they're sort of earlier in the evolution of that band the five piece that they're you know, sort of the music's fresher to them as a group as they're exploring how they're developing the songs right, with right. all those people, right? So, right. Um, and even some of like the, um, you know, we're talking about the, the older songs, like basically everything that they played, you know, this night, the crowd is, is into, you know, and the crowd cheers at the beginning of the song and the, and the end of the song. Like if, you know, if Aaron announces like, okay, you know, don't get too close to my fantasy. People cheer. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't matter like what song it is. It's like they want to hear it. You know, mm-hmm. so that encourages the band to like, yeah, fucking a, like crowds into it. You know, like we're into it. You know, and um, just a fucking amazing set list, man. I'm trying to 
to. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if you had any particular highlights um, that you wanted to touch on. Uh, there's definitely a couple songs that stand out to me. Uh, first off, Dancing in the Show Tonight as the opener is just, you know, kind of has almost become like a classic thing. You know, it's sort of like a perfect opener, but but hearing it in this, like the context of the mollusk just coming out, I think it's just fantastic. It like brings you right into this, like the mollusk, like album, you know, and yeah, it's like okay. you're in that. So the whole night is like surround immersed in the mollusk and it comes right off the top like that. Right, um, right. Yeah, and I mean, the Golden Eel, just a fucking uh, amazing rendition. And, it, you know, the end is just yeah. rocked out. A couple Buckingham of, Green. Buckingham Green. Uh, a song that for me is like one of the most epic components of like a Ween show. And I don't care how many times they play that. I just oh, yeah. love it when they play oh, yeah. it. Absolutely. And to think that this is like the early like formation of that, you know, and right. it's just like brilliant. Um, you got, um, you got some, uh, you got some things that would, like you were saying, would remain like voodoo lady, you know, so probably within a year or maybe, you know, a year and a half before this show, it, it, it's sort of like, it started getting that, like, okay, um, you know, it's the real, like, funky, like, you know, the, the, yeah. the long intro, you know, um, this one isn't too long. They've definitely done it longer, and, you know, I don't think this has, like, the talk box or anything in it, but it's it's definitely a nice, long, like, you know, intro and, and, and jam out. Um, same thing with Frank. You know, it's like, so there's an example of, you know, that song is from the pod and it's like as simple as it might come across in the pod. It's like jam that fucker out for like, you know, 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a a long, it's a good jam. Frank's a good jam. It's a a great jam. And it's like, who saw that shit coming? You know what I mean? It's like just a, a awesome tune that they have brought to life. You know what I mean? It's like it's something that sort of started out kind of simple and. You know, it just goes to show that you put these guys together and that's the kind of thing that they can create, you know? Yeah, one of the uh, the best parts of the show when listening to it, I got to say, um, so you have like a little bit of like a, a power medley, um, spinal meningitis, pump over the man, Nan, Puerto Rican power. But then you go, it, then it goes into basically what's like an extended jam period of the show. I can't put my finger on it into, and then tear for Eddie. For me, totally. that's like a highlight of the show. I mean, that I can't put my finger on it. Was it like the, they doing the smoke and shit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, because because obviously listening to it, he's got you know, it's like got the crazy intro and the you know sort of uh, chanting sort of thing and yeah. like the mystical thing. So that I thought that was just brilliant. And again, like feeling fresh and fresh as a five piece band. You know, like you know, bear in mind, chocolate and cheese is at this point several years ago, right? I mean, ninety four. Uh, so it's yeah, it's four so, years old, right? And then probably my favorite track of this show is probably Tear for Eddie. Yeah, um, amazing rendition. They, they have like this like subtle like guitar intro, the way of pl- of it bringing it, of introducing the song that I don't think I've ever heard it presented like that in any other thing that I've heard anyway. Uh, so I just thought that was really cool and like what a great jam. It's such it's a really good song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, to hear it in a in a way different than I'm used to hearing it. You know, again, in a way that sounds fresh, right. but like having this like cool, like quieter, like subtle guitar intro, you know, because when I first heard it, I'm like, what is this? What song is this? And then it's and then it started into what I could recognize. And it was like, oh, this is a great, you right. know, Tear for Eddie. Yeah. Beautiful, um, beautiful rendition. 
one of the things I'll I'll mention is uh, Puerto Rican power, which you know you have to sort of take it with a grain of salt nowadays because it's like now it's just another tune. It's just another song that you know you can just look up you know Ween on YouTube and you can find you know anything. But at the time, you know you really only had um, the studio albums. You know, yeah, and, and the B sides and the and the the rarities. You know, the the rarer tracks. You know, that's exactly what they were. They were rare. They were they were hard. Yeah, to dude, find. back in the day, those things were hard to get. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just you just go on your computer and you just you know you just listen to everything Ween's ever recorded. You know, it's like no, you know, it's you had you know those albums: Godween, Satan, The Pod, Pure Guava, Chocolate and Cheese, and now you know the Mollusk. And if something like Puerto Rican Power is played. It's like, what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, dude. And, you know, it's like, that's kind of one of the things we, we take uh, we take for granted nowadays is like all those um, sort of like oddball tunes that aren't on their albums. It's like, they're easy to find. You know, they're easy to get. You know, but back then, it's like, that was a uh, an oddball song. It's like, that wasn't, you know, that didn't exist on anything that we had heard. And, yeah. you know, after this show is played and I had gotten the tapes, you know, then we got to listen to the tapes and, you know, we got to know that song, you know, and it's like, oh, I love pu- fucking Puerto Rican power, you know, but at the time it's like, what the fuck is this? You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was, it was a B side. It was on one of the, um, I think it was a chocolate and cheese EP or maybe it was from our uh, pure guava EP, which, you know, again, back in the days before eBay, those things were hard to find. You know, and you got the little four song EP with like two songs from the album and two, three songs that were just weird tunes that, you know, didn't make it <laughs> on the album, you know? So it's, yeah. a, it's a fucking great jam and it's a, it's a great song, but it's just one of those things that it, 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 it jumps out at me. It's like, okay, that's an, you know, it's a B side, you know, it's like when B sides were still a thing, but yeah, I mean, just some fucking just a great set list. And it's like, it's one of those shows. I think I said this about the, uh, I think I said this about the, the, the New York show that we went to a couple years ago. Like, this is a great example of a set list where one of one or two or three of your favorite ween songs are going to be on here. It's like, this show has something for everyone. It's got, it's got the, you know, the, the, the rocking tunes, you know, the punk rock, uh, you know, edge to it. It's got the jams, you know, it's got some jams in there. It's got the spacey stuff. Can't put my finger on it. You know, Voodoo Lady. It's got the the slow and uh, uh, folky stuff. Baby Bitch. You know, Tender Situation. You know. Yeah. Buenos Tardes Amigos at the end. Um, for the oh, for that's the, a great one. That's the, in the yeah, great solo for for the for the long you know um, show ender. Just just a fucking amazing set list. I made a couple of notes. I brought up the Frank Jam. Which was the shit? Um, well, and don't forget they finished with "Hot for Teacher." And right, so and, hot, and "Hot for Teacher." How can you go wrong there? You know, I mean, <laughs> and that you know, there again, it's like a Ween cover. Like Ween does a cover of you know, like what you know. <laughs> I always then, find covers to be almost like a window into the soul. Oh right, right, you know, right. Because fans don't play a lot of covers; they just play a few. So you just pay attention to which ones they choose to play. Right, right. I mean, the the covers that Ween chooses, they have a way of making their own anyway, you know, so. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but that's another show that's right. coming up. 
Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll continue on that road. But anyway, so I just made a couple of notes about some of the things that they bring up in between the songs and stuff. Um, at the beginning of the show, after Take Me Away, there's a couple of uh, quotes back and forth between um, Jeaner and Deaner where Jeaner is trying to shake people's hands and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to, to give people high fives and stuff and he says, can't reach. And then Deaner says, what's the deal with the barricade? That's pretty horrible. Whose idea was that? And that's because this is the first time Ween has played at the truck since they had put up it's like one of those gates. It's like one of those guardrails, yeah. like in front of the stage. So, like when we yeah. were there for the '96 show, and I think I was at a couple of shows in between these two uh, Ween shows, you could just get right up, like right at the yeah. stage. You could literally put your body like right onto the front of the stage. So then they had yeah. added like a, a one of those guard things that you know like a, a couple of security guards can stand there in between that little gap in between the the, the stage and that little guardrail i mean it's kind of common to see you know nowadays but before before that you could just go right up and and literally you know touch the stage so this was the first show we played where there's a gap in between you know the stage and the and the and the crowd there so mm-hmm. that's what they're referring to after uh Golden Eel, they do a little uh, Dixieland tease. I don't know if you listen to that. <laughs> just, <laughs> so somehow it just starts off on the piano. So that's cool. They throw that in there. Um, <laughs> Glenn getting saucy after. Oh, this is this is like one of my favorite quotes of like any of the Ween shows that I had recordings of. You know, back in in these days after Doctor Rock before. Um, Mr. Would you please help my pony? Junior is talking and he's like, you know, it's Friday night. He goes, I'm feeling good. And when I'm feeling good, there's only one song I like to do. And he pauses for a second and he just goes, and it's Mr. Would you please help my pony? And and the crowd just goes crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That was always one of my favorite lines, like, you know, spoken in between songs. It's fantastic. Of any, yeah, of any of the recordings that I had. What else? That's way better than Junior constantly saying, thank you, we're ween. Yeah, right. We're Ween. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We're Ween. All right. Night. <laughs> after, um, after can't put my finger on it, Aaron mentions, um, oh, we got wigs. Where, where's my wig? Because someone had threw a wig up on stage, and it was basically nice. like the same kind of wig as like Diener's hair, just like a moppy, like black-haired wig. And <laughs> Diener, Diener puts it on, and and Diener's just like. Yeah, it looks just like your hair anyway. And Deer's like, fuck you. Like, is that what my hair looks like? Because someone just threw up a fucking wig, and that's what they're talking about. <laughs> after you mentioned Tear for Eddie, after Tear for Eddie, Gina's mom came out just to like just to like wave to the crowd. Like they're uh I think it's Claude says something like, Oh yeah, you know, like Gina's mom, like let's get her out of here. And then she just walked out. Like I remember there's a you know, a nice older lady. <laughs> That that just walked out for a second, and Junior's like, "My mom, ladies and gentlemen," and you know she just waves and like hugs Aaron, and then just walks back off, and you know waves, and it's like, "Was that really his mom?" Like, well, we assume, you know. Um, That's great. Yeah, it was awesome, you know. So that was cool. After um, after Baby Bitch, they do the Neil Young tease. Did you pick up on that? Come, come a little. Wait, I'm sorry. Close. Which one? They do a little Neil Young. Uh, 
tease after um, after Baby Bitch. So in between Baby Bitch and Tender Situation, you have to, uh, you have to yeah. listen to that. <laughs> you have to listen to that. Okay. And the last note that I had, Tender Situation, if, you, uh, if you're paying attention, it's like one of the only songs where Aaron does vocals and then Diener picks up and he does vocals. So it's like, if you stop and think about it, there aren't too many songs that are like that. You know, it's like it's either Aaron or it's it's Diener. And, yeah. you know, that's like a that's an example of like, you know, you got Jeaner who like starts it and then it goes over to Diener. You know, it's sort of like it's either yeah. one or, or the other or the two of them together. But that tune is like they switch, you know, Jeaner. Oh, and what a great song, too. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. So, yeah, man, that's pretty much all the, the notes that I had made. I think it's a uh, it's a shame I couldn't go, um, but uh, but I'm glad that you were able to participate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just it's just such a good list of songs, um, and and I you know some of the, the the ways they play some of the songs it's just great. It's just a really good show. Uh, you can't find too much wrong with it. Um, Absolutely. And I like I like um, you know how the show contrasts with the '96 show that we had seen. Um, you know, the, when you think about in the context of when, what Ween was at that time, I think this show is really informative. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And, and like we were saying, it's, it's crazy to think that this is sort of the era where the five piece band that Ween would become up until now is really like formed, you know, I mean, they were, they were the five guys, probably the whole year of 97 and then like when you start going before that it's like eh, it's a little sketchy there it's like i think it was those five guys when they were doing the country tour plus the country band and then you start going before that and it's like i don't know i i I don't know who's on bass and you know like was glenn part of the band before that it's like that's when it starts getting a little you know, like sketchy, you know, that's when they were really just putting, yeah. it, putting it together. But like by the time this show happens and that mollusk tour, it's the five of them and it's, it's all, it's all put together. You know what I mean? It's all coming together. Every, everything is, yeah. shit is firing on all cylinders, you know? Yeah. And, and, and also as far as, you know, our history with Ween uh, and Ween shows. So, you know, this is kind of number two on the list. Um, and then we don't go to another show for until January of 99. And, and then at that, by then though, that then triggers a series where we start going to a lot more ween shows. Oh yeah. We just start going more frequently. So, so this show is still at a place where, for us where we hadn't seen a lot of live ween yet, you know, um, and where the band is as a five piece. And then, over the next few years, as we start to go to more and more shows, uh, you know, they, it just becomes who Ween is. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, for our own history, um, you know, we had brought up on the first episode that, you know, we grew up living about an hour and a half west of Philadelphia. And there really wasn't a lot of opportunities to you know, go see 
live music at all. Um, you know, where we, where we lived and a band like a band like this, it's like Philly was the closest that, Oh, you definitely had to go to Philly. I mean, yeah, right. Right. Um, you know, there just wasn't the, the, the kind, it just wasn't the, the, the kind of, of, uh, area that, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, came to and yeah, you had to, you had to go to Philly and when you're a teenage kid and, you know, maybe one of your friends has the car or whatever and, you know, there's not in a way, that much makes money me... to go around, you know? It's like you got to pick and choose, you know? In a way, that makes me proud that we got to the first show in 96 just because that was right around that when we first started driving. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Man. You know, it's like we couldn't have gone to a show before then without a vehicle. Right, right. And like we were saying, you know, 97, they they didn't play Philly. I mean, you go down the list of, of shows on, on Brown Base and uh, – you know, they uh, they started off in uh, they started off in America in the spring and summer, and then they continued the tour in Australia and then England. You know, and did like a European tour, and it wasn't until um, it wasn't until January of '98, which is when we're you know, when we're talking about that they came back and played a few, you know, American shows. Yeah. You know, so this was the first time really since that 96 show that we even had an opportunity to see them at all. And you're absolutely right. It's like after this is when we were really like, we got to see this band as often as we can. If yeah. We have to start traveling to, you know, to see them. We're going to, you know. Yeah, well, if I recall, the next show is, in fact, at the Trocadero that we see. But then, indeed, we do start traveling. Right. Which we get to. Right, right, right. Um, one other thing I'll bring up about this show is I did get a shirt. I think the people in our uh, in our group of, of friends that got shirts were me and uh, and our friend Mike which was you could either get the the black or the white shirt. So like mine was the black shirt mm-hmm. with just the round um bugnish on the front uh what do they call that when it's just a little thing like up by your by your chest like to one side. I don't know if there's a name uh, for that. Shoot. I can't think of that right now. But you know what I mean. It just has it's 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 mm-hmm. not in the center, it's all it's off to the side. And it's just like one Yeah. yeah. Um so it's just the bugnish on the front and then the back has the big bugnish and it says underneath it the Ween the Mollusk Tour. And mm-hmm. I don't even think it says, you know, ninety seven, ninety. I don't even think it says when it is. It just says Ween the Mollusk Tour. There's no dates, it's just the the Bugnish head and that. So no you, cities listed, no dates, just no right, no dates. Yeah, nice. Just the fact that it was Ween the Mollusk tour, so you could get that in either the black or the white, and it was like flip flop. Some good lo-fi shit. Yeah, right. So I just think I got the, the black version, and Mike got the white version of those shirts, and I still have it. Um, I think it kind of still fits, actually. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Believe it or not, I think that one actually does still fit okay. <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, you may need to put it on and take a picture for Twitter or something. Oh, fucking a right. 
Um, so yeah, man. So that was that was this show. I strongly encourage anyone who might be listening to this to to listen to this fucking concert, man. I mean the January thirtieth, nineteen ninety eight. January thirtieth, ninety eight, and the the before we we started recording this, we were just talking about how. Um, you know, the internet and, and YouTube especially has just made it so easy. You know, back in the, back in the days of, of this show, you know, I got a, a cassette tape that someone was nice enough to make me and actually put in a, in a package and mail to me, you know, two, two cassette tapes, um, one complete tape. And then the, the second tape was like a half hour or so. Some dude was putting the tape and inserting the tape into a tape deck, flipping the tape deck. Yeah. Totally, man. You know, like breaking I mean, the little tabs off it or something. You know? Right, right, right. You know, somehow he got a copy of it and then he made it, you know, he was making copies or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, it's like, it's there's just, you know, there, there's, <laughs> there's so much less work involved. And if you're not, you know, if you're not tech savvy enough to to go on to Brown Tracker and, and, and download the, the actual uh, files, you know, to your computer and then... Um, you know, play them on your iTunes or whatever. Just YouTube it. You know, it's like you can't yeah, get any easier than that. YouTube. You know, so yeah. Listen, ubiquitous. Yeah, listen to this. Uh, listen to this fucking show and and enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I concur. So I think that probably wraps up this episode. Um, you mentioned Twitter, and if anyone has anything that they want to say, if they want to um, tell one of their stories, it's at. Weencast podcast. Yeah, if you want to add to something about the show, uh, maybe we said something that you thought was inaccurate. Um, chime in. Let us know your thoughts. Please do. Yeah, if you were at the show, you we'd at... love to hear your story. So you want to add anything else, Rory? I think I'm good, man. Okay. Peace, everybody. All right. Have a great night. Thank you so much for listening. Later. <laughs>